title of our lesson is The Fear Factor. I think all of us at one time or another has had fear in our life. We've been fearful of something. Perhaps a storm kicked up. Well, you know, you get that eerie green kind of tint to the sky and to the atmosphere and the wind starts blowing and you get a little nervous and you start to be afraid of what might happen. Perhaps uh, you have a little fear when you go to the doctor because you're afraid the diagnosis isn't going to be what you are hoping it to be or you would like for it to be. Or maybe you lose a job and you're afraid what's going to happen. How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to put food on the table? How are you going to provide for your family? Or if there's a car accident, you fear what has happened. And sometimes you fear the consequences of what's taking place. Many times there's fear of the unknown. And sometimes it's even our own imaginations that cause us to be afraid when there's really nothing to be afraid of. But fear is an emotion that God has given to us. And I find it kind of interesting that it is one of the things that can cause us to be lost. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8, it says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Have you ever wondered, when you look at that verse, why the fearful is the first sin that is listed in Revelation 21? And verse 8. Because being afraid is something that is very common. Like I said, I'm sure all of us have experienced it at some point or another. Now you may say, ah, I'm not afraid of anything. Well, you'll be afraid of something. So we need to be careful about what we say. But what we need to understand is that fear is a weapon that Satan uses. And he's used it all the way back from the beginning of time. When you look in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 10, when God was in the midst of the garden and Adam had hid himself, God had called out to Adam and asked him where he was. And Adam's reply was, he said, I, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Fear is something that is real. It is something that the devil uses to try to stop us from doing what God wants us to do. We can see that fear for the wrong thing can cause us to do the wrong things. Fear of the wrong thing can lead to sin. In fact, we look in the Old Testament at King Saul, and he disobeyed God's direction. And what was his excuse when he did so? Well, in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 24, it says that Samuel said, or Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandments of the, of the Lord and thy words. It would be great if he stopped there, but he didn't. He goes on to say, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Saul blamed it on the people that he was afraid. Afraid of the people and what they would do. And so he disobeyed God's direction, and as a result of that, he lost his kingdom. People make rash choices. They make bad choices when they are afraid. I mentioned earlier, years ago, that as I was sleeping in bed one night, 
Some people, I don't know who they were, young, old, or whatever, I'm assuming they were young people, drove down our road and were shooting at houses with uh, paintball guns. And I don't know if you know anything about a paintball gun, but you can crank up the pressure pretty good. And they drove by our house, and they shot our house multiple times, and right next to where I was laying in the bed, next to the wall. In fact, it was cranked up so high that when they shot it at the window, it went through the screen, put a hole right in the screen, and hit the glass. I immediately jumped out of bed, talk about afraid. I didn't know what was happening, and I said to my wife, was that gunshots? And she goes, sounded like it. When it hit on that wall, it sounded like a, a gunshot. Well, we called the police. And I thought about rash, uh, rushed choices. I told the police officer when they came, I said, listen, when I shoot back, it's not going to be with a paint gun. It'll be with a real thing. The officer said that would be what I would be doing too. But you make choices when you're afraid. What are you going to do? You're going to defend yourself. You're going to do something. Well, what are, we, what are we supposed to do? People think they have to do something when they're afraid. Anything. And sometimes we need to just wait on God. We need to trust Him. Fear can be used to intimidate and to force compliance. Try to force people to do what you want them to do. I've seen that, or you've seen it, and I'm sure we've all seen it with bullies trying to make you do something, and they try to put fear into you to get you to do what they want or to stop doing what you're trying to accomplish. And that's exactly what Sambalot uh, wanted when, when he wanted to, or did when he wanted to stop Nehemiah from rebuilding the wall. You have your Bible turn over to Nehemiah chapter 4, and there we can see what they chose to do in trying to stop the work that was being done to complete that wall. Beginning in verse 7 of Nehemiah chapter 4, it says, And it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Amorites and the Ashdodites heard that the wall of Jerusalem was made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayers unto God, and we set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of the burden is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build a wall. And our adversaries said, They shall, know, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst of them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them, came, they said unto us ten times, from all places when she shall return unto us, they will be upon you. So what is he doing? He's using intimidation, trying to get them to stop working on the wall. But listen to what they did in verse 13. Therefore set I, the lower, set, set I in the lower places behind the wall and in the upper places, and I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and I rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses." 
Sanballat and his crew or his gang was trying to stop the work from being completed. Nehemiah and, and, and the individuals that were working with him realized that that's what they were going to do. And they were trying to put the fear in them, but Nehemiah encourages them to trust God. Look to God for strength. And brother, when we're tempted, when we're, we're being tested, we need to understand that we need to look to God. Fear can be used to intimidate others into doing what they want. Look in Acts chapter 4. There in Acts chapter 4, the Jewish leaders threatened Peter and John. Peter and John in Acts chapter 3 had healed a lame man and had preached the Gospel. And the Jewish leaders did not like that at the time. And so Peter and John were called before them. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 18, listen to what it says, "...and they called them and commanded them not to speak at, at all nor teach in the name of Jesus." And in verse 21, it goes on to say, And so when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people, for all men glorify God for that which was done. There again, what are they trying to do? The apostles were out doing what they were supposed to do. Peter and John was doing what they were supposed to do. And here this group of individuals was trying to stop the work that God has given to them. I ask you, as a Christian, if our if people in charge tried to stop us from presenting the Gospel or teaching the Gospel to people, what would be your response? What would you do? And I want you to notice also, we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but I want you to notice that those that are trying to put fear into people to get them to stop doing what they want them to stop doing also have fear in their own lives. So you might say it takes one to know one because these individuals were afraid of the people. And then over in Acts chapter 5, when the apostles were doing what they were supposed to do, they were called before the council. And in verse 40 it says, "...and to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go." I ask you today, if we were threatened to be beaten for preaching the Gospel or living the Christian life, would you be willing to give it up? Would you allow fear to motivate you to the point where you stop doing what God wanted you to do? Fear can be used to intimidate others and force compliance. In Isaiah chapter 51, verses 7 and 8, Isaiah says, Hearken unto me, Ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law, fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be afraid of their revilings. In other words, don't be afraid of them. Because listen to what it says in verse 8, For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. God will always take care of His people. Now, there may be pain. Oh, look at the apostles. They were beaten. So they, they suffered, but they couldn't take something away from them. Their trust in God. Their motivation to do what was right. Because Peter realized, John realized, the apostles realized, Nehemiah realized that the work of God came first. Don't allow fear to cause you to suffer. But what happens when we're faced with fear? Well, we should not be afraid, 
no matter how bad life may become. In Ecclesiastes 2, verses in verse 6, it says, And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, their briars, though briar and thorns be with thee, and thou doest well among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. Brethren, people today, kind of there, there's kind of a frowning upon being a Christian for talking about God, for lifting God up, and trying to get people to obey what God says. And so our society is kind of changing. And we may not be persecuted like they were in the first century, but there are people that despise Christians. And we need to understand that there may come a time where we have to stand up and do what's right, no matter what the cost is. Jesus told His disciples in Matthew chapter 10, Beginning in verse 24, The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them that kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father? But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore... Ye are of more value than many sparrows. Here Jesus is saying, listen, they're not very nice to me. They're trying to intimidate me. They're trying to put fear in my life. And you're not any better than your Master. They're going to try to do the same thing to you. They want you to stop your mission. Just like the devil wanted Jesus to stop His mission, the devil wants us to stop our mission, and that's to take the Gospel to the world. But in that passage of Scripture, Jesus said, don't be afraid of them because there's only so much they can do. They may take your life, but they can't destroy your soul. And then He goes on to show us how valuable we are to God. And not a sparrow falls to the ground without Him noticing. The very hairs on our head are numbered. And God knows us and cares about us. And watches over us. Does that mean bad things can't happen? No. Bad things can happen. But we need to trust God and when we get to the end of life, we know we'll have that home in heaven. Do not fear their intimidation. As first Peter chapter three and verse fourteen tells us. This is Peter speaking. But and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, Happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. You know, a lot of times we know what we're supposed to say. We know what the reaction is supposed to be. And sometimes we say the right thing, but our actions betray us. And so here Peter is saying, listen, if you suffer for righteousness' sake, you should be happy. And not be afraid of whatever they're going to do to you. And I ask you, do you think Peter practiced that? 
Is that something Peter said, but he didn't practice? Well, let's listen. Let's listen to what he did. In Acts, or in Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John were called before the Jewish leaders, listen to what happened. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. In verse 29, he said, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word. What's he telling? Or what did he do? He said, We're going to obey God. You may want to stop us. You may not want us to preach the gospel. You may not want us to tell people about Jesus. But guess what? We can't help but do it. Because that's what God wants us to do. What would your attitude be in that situation? In Acts chapter 5, when the apostles, Peter among them, uh, and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. In verse 41, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Peter practiced what he said there. Oh yeah, we know that there was a time that he denied Christ. But he was a changed man after he repented of that disappointing point in his life. We see that he stood up for Christ. And he was willing to die for Christ. As I mentioned earlier, wicked people often live in fear. Fear themselves. In Proverbs chapter 28, it says, "...the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion." They're jumpy. They get jumpy because of guilt. Have you ever walked in on someone and all of a sudden they jump and they do something or hide something? Why do they do that? Because they know they're most likely looking at something, doing something that they're not supposed to be looking at or doing. When we do the right thing, there is no fear. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 3, it says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Paul's telling us here that the purpose of government, the purpose of leaders, is to protect those that are doing right from those who are doing evil. Now you say, well, what happens when the government's not doing what they're supposed to do? Let me ask you, when Paul wrote this, was the government doing what it was supposed to do? Was the Roman government protecting individuals who were Christians? Or were they allowing them to be persecuted? You see, when government does what it's supposed to do, their purpose is to protect the good. We need to be obedient when we can. But when it violates God's law, we have to obey God rather than man. You see, political leaders oftentimes live in fear, even those in the apostles' days and in the time of Jesus. We find that Herod, powerful individual, well, what did he do? He feared John. Why? Because he knew, according to Mark chapter 6 and verse 20, that John was a just man and holy. Now, what John are we talking about? We're talking about John the Baptist. You know that guy that out in the wilderness ate locusts and honey? 
Herod was afraid of that individual. I don't know of any weapon that the Bible ever says that John had, but Herod was afraid of him. Why? He wasn't afraid because he knew what he could do, or was afraid of what he might do, but he was afraid because he was just and holy. You ever been around someone like that? That just, they don't like you? They don't want to be around you because you do what's right? And they don't? Sometimes it can. It looks like they don't. They, they hate you. I've been around people like that. And just because they know you're a Christian, they don't want to be around you. Herod was afraid of not only John, but he was afraid of the people. In Matthew chapter fourteen, verses beginning in verse three, it says, "And Herod had laid hold on John and then bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife." For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he had and when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. Now here's tough guy Herod. He's afraid of John the Baptist. John the Baptist didn't have an army. John the Baptist, as far as we know, doesn't even have a weapon. He's afraid of John the Baptist. And he wants to put him to death. He has the power to do that, but he's afraid of the multitude. Afraid of the crowd. Think about the council. In Acts chapter 5, that the apostles stood before. Verse 25 and 26 of Acts chapter 5. And then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. Sometimes those that use fear and intimidation to try to stop you are afraid themselves. They're intimidated themselves. You heard the old expression, it takes one to know one. Sometimes they know what they're doing. Matthew chapter 21. The Pharisees feared the people's reaction. Beginning of verse 24. And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I in likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. Whence was it? From heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, we will, he will say unto us, Why did you not then believe him? But if we, say, if we shall say of men, we fear the people. For all hold John as a prophet. They feared the people. Matthew chapter 21 goes on, verse 45 and 46. And when the chief priests and the Pharisees had heard his parables, talking about Jesus, they perceived that he spake of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. Another group of tough guys, but they're just as afraid as the fear that they're trying to put into other people. The things that we often fear often happen to us. In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 24, the fear of the wicked. It shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous 
shall be granted. Sometimes what we're afraid is going to happen ends up happening because we're, we make it happen. You see, God told the evil rulers in Judah in Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 8-10, through 10, "...Ye have feared the sword, I will bring the sword upon you, saith the Lord God. I will bring you out of the midst thereof and deliver you into the hands of strangers and will execute judgment upon you. He shall fall by the sword." I will judge you in the border of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. You see, you reap what you sow. The Bible tells us that you'll reap what you sow. Now, we can't expect a miracle as we see sometimes in the Bible where people were delivered. But through the providence of God, He can protect us. And He can make good things happen out of evil things that take place in our lives. One, the wicked should fear, they often have no fear of. And that's God. Listen to what it says in Psalms 36, beginning at verse 1. To the chief musician, the psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, the transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself with his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath leapt off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Those that are evil many times have been evil for so long or for so much, they're not afraid of God. But they should be afraid of God because they need to understand who God is and God is the one that they're going to answer to. Many times they think they've gotten away with it today and that there'll be no reckoning, but there will be. You see, God will bring the wicked down. He will be victorious. I know that He will be victorious. How do I know that? I've read the last chapter of the book. I know who's going to win. I know who's going to be victorious. God will bring the wicked down. If those who are righteous have no need to fear God, when God is on their side. David told Solomon not to be fearful or not to fear and be dismayed. First Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 13. Thus shalt thou prosper if thou takest heed to the fulfillment the statutes and the judgments which the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel. Be strong and be of good courage. Dread not, nor be dismayed. Don't be afraid. Solomon, you have nothing to be afraid of. If you follow God's commands, if you do what God wants you to do. Jehoshaphat, he won a battle without even fighting a fight. He won the battle with a saw. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, beginning of verse 3, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed the fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat sat or stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. I want to stop right there, but think about that. Jehoshaphat 
is threatened. This a massive army is coming down on him. What does he do? He's afraid. So where does he turn? He turns to God. He seeks God's help. Brother, when we are afraid, we need to seek God's help. How do we do that? We go to God in prayer. We read His book. We look at what He would do. How we, how we, what we can learn from His Word that will help us. That's what we do. And that's what Jehoshaphat did. Beginning of verse 15, it says that he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. I love that passage of Scripture. Because many times the battle for us, the battle that we're involved with is not ours, it's the Lord's. You're not going to defeat God. And that's what we need to understand. We are servants in His army, servants of His kingdom. He will be victorious. The battle of spreading the gospel, the borders of the kingdom, that's the battle God's waging. We're part of it. The battle is His. goes on in verse 16. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up, off the, up, come up by the cliff of Zitz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and ye see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed, nor tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. So listen, don't go out. Don't, you're not going to fight this battle. But you go do what I'm telling you to do. And so in verse 20 it says, And they arose early in the morning, and they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe His prophets. So shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever. And when he began to sing the praise, the Lord said, Ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which had come out against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. In other words, they killed themselves. They destroyed themselves. And brethren, those that are evil are going to destroy themselves. But notice what Jehoshaphat did. He went to God for help. And imagine going to this battle and all you're going to do is sing. That took some trust in God, doesn't it? But he did. And they were victorious. As God said, this battle's not yours. <laughs> it's mine. God fought that battle. 
and they destroyed themselves. Is God going to destroy evil? He said He would, and we see that He did. Hezekiah is another example. He told the people the same thing when faced with the Assyrian army in 2 Chronicles chapter 32. Beginning in verse 7, he says, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more of us than with him. With him is the arm of the flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the word of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Hezekiah looked out there and he saw this vast army. What did they have? They had the arm of flesh. What did Hezekiah and his group have? They had God. You're not going to defeat God. Never have, never will. God is always going to be victorious. So what should our attitude be? Our attitude should be the same as it was with David. I will not live in fear. David said in Psalm chapter 27, beginning in verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David's asking some very important questions. If God is my life, if God is my strength, if God is my salvation, if God is my light, who is there to fear? Why should I be afraid of anyone or anything? It goes on in verse 14, that same chapter, and he says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Trust the Lord. I like the words of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, when he says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The song that's written about this verse, hard for me not to break out into it when I'm thinking about it. But think about that. When we wait on the Lord, we'll rise up like eagles. Eagles soaring in the sky. God blesses us. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid when things suddenly go bad. For we know God cares about us. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 25 and 26. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. God cares for us. The psalmist tells us in Psalms 55, beginning in verse 50 or 22, Cast thy burdens upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out days, half their days but I will trust in Thee. Brethren, when fear comes into our lives, when people try to intimidate us, trust God. Don't be afraid. Many people are afraid of death. Afraid of what's going to happen. 
And people sometimes are manipulated by the evil thought of death, of dying. But David realized that having God means we don't need to be afraid. In Psalms the twenty or the in the twenty third Psalms, David says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." And because the Lord was his shepherd. In verse 4, he could say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, <clears throat> I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. David trusted God. He knew that God was with him. And when God is with us, when we're doing what's right, we don't have to be afraid of death. Solomon pointed out that, that a healthy fear of God frees us from the trap or the snare of death. In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. <clears throat> when we fear God, that means that we respect God, that we trust God, that we're willing to do what He's told us to do. And that is the fountain of life. That's what makes us alive spiritually. We can see in other passages of the Scripture that when we're, we're caught up in sin, that we're dead in our trespasses. We're dead. We're referred to dead. And we're made alive by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's important to reason, to understand that Jesus came to this earth and that coming to the, this earth conquered one of man's greatest fears, and that is the fear of death. So in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. <clears throat> Jesus came so that you and I don't have to be afraid to die. We can look forward to that day, as a matter of fact. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, that it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. We know that we're going to die if this world lasts long enough. We're all, we all have that appointment. But as a child of God, when we're faithful, we don't have to be afraid of it. We have the same confidence that Paul had. And he said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. We can have that crown. You and I can be victorious. You see, as sons of God, we don't want to return to the slavery of sin or the slavery of being afraid of death. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 15, it says, For ye, are not re for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We are children of God if we've been baptized into Christ. If we are New Testament Christians, we are the children of God. And so who should we fear? We should fear God Almighty. We should fear the One because He has a power over our eternal fate. It's Him that will decide whether or not we've been faithful. And as long as we're living that Christian life, we can have confidence <clears throat> that we'll be found faithful in the end. We don't have to get caught up in the fear of this world because we know the world is always going to be the world. But we need to be Christians. We're the light in this world that helps this world to be a better place.
When we seek God, He will deliver us from fear. Listen to what He says in Psalms chapter 34, beginning in verse 1. This is a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked upon Him and were lightened, and their faces was not ashamed. Their poor cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped around about him, or about them, that fear him and deliver them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Do you trust in God? Would you continue to trust in God when people try to intimidate you and put fear in your heart? Would you continue to stand up for what's right? Continue to teach the gospel to the world? Continue to live that Christian life? Remember what Isaiah said, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This morning, if you need to respond to the invitation, you can come and have a seat up here on the front row. You have that opportunity while we stand aside.